What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give and Ovation. I am joined today by Steve Raggiani. He's the co-founder of a super cool company called Ate It, the easiest way to find the best food with eight word reviews from trusted sources. We'll dive into that a little bit. He's also the head of creative for Live Nation, former tequila and gin portfolio brand manager for Campari America. This guy knows branding. He was introduced to me by Dustin Mayers, the co-founder of Meal Outpost, who, by the way, texted me telling me how much he loves your app. Uh, we were chatting about it yesterday. Your app is super cool, super sweet, love what you're doing. And, and, and by the way, Dustin doesn't even know you, Steve, right? He just knows your app. Blew my mind. Couldn't That's believe it. A, well, dude, thanks for joining us on Give Innovation. And first of all, tell us a little bit about uh, about Aid It. What what is it? Why is it different? Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me, Zach. Uh, Aid It. You just said it before. It's the simplest way to find the best food in New York City. Period. End of story. It's a it's a mobile app that you can download in the App Store, uh, iOS, and Android for free right now. Um, we do two things really well. One. We aggregate the city's top recommendations from trusted voices in food. So you don't have to spend hours doing research. I can't tell you how many times people have been like, oh, where do I find the best ramen in New York City? And then they end up in a wormhole reading Eater, Infatuation, New York Times articles, YouTube videos, now TikTok, now Instagram. And not to mention, you might fall into the, the worst wormhole of them all, Yelp where you start reading (laughs) negative reviews from people that don't even know what they're talking about when it comes to food. Um, And it can just be a really laborious process. And we've really streamlined that so you can find the best food recommendations near you, wherever you are in New York City. Number two, we curate all of the pop-ups and limited edition uh, drops that are happening all over the city. Um, So you don't have to follow... 148 Instagram accounts of chefs and different pop-ups to find out when they're happening and where they're happening. And they're all happening at different times, different places. Uh, And that's one of the more interesting things that I think we should talk about on here that's happening in the restaurant industry is, is the rise of pop-ups and the rise of, of limited edition drops. Uh, Restaurant industry is following a lot of the same trends as fashion and music. And a lot of that is my background. And I saw the, I saw that happening three years ago. And that's part of the reason why we wanted to start this new category and ate it. And it's been proving to help a lot of people in the city find some really interesting things to do and eat. Do you know, uh, Christian Barnett of hungry house? I've heard of hungry house. I don't know. We got to introduce you to hungry house, Christian Barnett. Let's throw uh, her podcast in the show notes. Uh, doing some really cool stuff with pop-ups and again, limited drops because yeah, it's, it's so interesting to see the flavor profile and get introduced to someone in a little bit of a different way. Totally. And and then it's interesting to see how some of these, you know, limited edition drops are becoming full on, full on uh, restaurants. I mean, you've got heart house, you got big chicken with Shaq and Kevin Hart. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting to see, 
how people are expanding Mr. Beast, right? Um, how yeah. I mean, that's at the big celebrity level, but then it's it also interesting to like go down to the streets and see what's happening in New York, especially coming out of COVID. You have, have you heard of uh, Forsyth Fire Escape? No. During the pandemic, they started making scallion pancake burritos from their apartment. And it was a boyfriend, girlfriend collab. He was making pernil. She was making scallion pancakes. They put the two together. They started posting on Instagram. All their friends wanted to get it. They started lowering these burritos from their fire escape. So it was a contactless situation. And then that's now bloomed into now they're now they're a brick of brick and mortar at a new food like uh food market in, in New York City called Ali Ali. Um, there's like a bunch of stories like that that are bubbling up in New York City that are, you know, Gotham Burger Social Club. They pop up outside of dive bars and make, yeah. I think, the best burger in New York. Come at me. Now they're <laughs> opening, now they're now they're opening a, a brick and mortar in the spring. So like the pop-up is where it's at. And it's a great way for people to test out new recipes and see if there's an audience for the dish that they're making. But the thing I love about it is like a lot of them are just like honing in on one thing and doing it super well. Yeah. Um, and have, then have you heard of Handcraft Burgers and Brew? No. Where's that at? Awesome. That's right down by uh, Bryant Park. Awesome burgers, incredible fries. Um, probably the best fries I've ever had in my life. They're wow. just they're unreal, and uh, the burgers are phenomenal. Anyway. The, the, but there's so many places like that where you can't like it's impossible to like go to New York and, and be like, all right, let's eat. Uh, let's go like find a good burger place. You type in best burgers near me. Boom. Here's a hundred places that pop up because New York. Overwhelming. It's overwhelming. There's just so many things to eat in New York. And especially if you're looking to go and do a trip there, like how do you plan out what you're going to eat and where you're going to do it? And the way that I've been doing it is because I'm obviously obsessed with food and uh, Instagram knows it. And so what does Zuckerberg do? He shows me all these food photos. And so what do I do? I go and I look for, all right, where is that? I, I copy that link. I go to Google. I create a tag. I mark it in there as someplace I want to go. I post the Instagram onto that saved places. And then when I go to New York the next time, I got to keep track of where I ate and where I didn't and what I loved and what I don't. And that's what I loved about your app as I was going through. And I just, I was just so mad that I'm uh, that you're not in Salt Lake or rather that I'm not in New York. Oh, we're uh, coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> so I, can try it out. I love it. But now talk to me about like, wh why are pop-ups something that are, why has that become so popular recently? Like what, what's the desire? Do you think, um, I don't think it was a, I don't think it's a desire. I think it was a necessity uh, coming out of the, coming out of COVID because a lot of, a lot of really amazing, talented chefs working for some, some of the most prestigious restaurants lost their jobs. All of a sudden they're like, yeah. I got to make money. So you have people that moved into a more entrepreneurial role and had to get creative out of necessity to, to make it. So like, you look at someone like Eric Wang from, you know, he was working at 11 Madison Park. All of a sudden, he's with his family at their restaurant in Queens called Peking House, very traditional Chinese uh, restaurant. But he was like thinking, he's like, I want to make a different kind of fried chicken. So he started making a Sichuan 
Nashville type hot chicken, but with like Michelin level quality. And he only did it with delivery only during the pandemic. And he was, he was like, I'm not using any of the delivery apps. I'm doing it direct. You have to, you know, send me an, it was very like old school. Like you have to email him and get on the list and all this kind of stuff. But like that list grew and grew and grew. And then he got a New York times article about the hardest, most delicious to get chicken in New York city is, is only, is only on delivery. So like that just bloomed. And guess what? He's got a brick and mortar now called pecking house. So it's, it's kind of one of these things that's just like, people had to make ends meet and they had to use their creativity in the kitchen to create these moments of food and events to bring people together, which is also something that people wanted. And a lot of them were outside and it was a little bit safer for people to, you know, get together. So I think it's just a kind of a combination of a lot of these things that created the rise of, you could say the pop-up. And then on the drop side of things where restaurants are releasing limited edition dishes, I think that was a marketing technique that they started to implement to get their old customers back in the door um, by saying, hey, like we have to innovate. Let's do a collaboration with this other restaurant and introduce this new dish that no one's ever tried before to get people in. And then obviously they're going to get other stuff on the menu. But um, I think that's where some of this stuff has come from. It was kind of brewing before COVID and COVID just really made made it erupt. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting when you look at these pockets of unique food blends. Um, one of the most underrated cities I look to is Las Vegas. And here's why. Because, again, out of necessity, you had these chefs that go there to work at these big, famous celebrity mm-hmm. restaurants. And they're sitting there working their butts off. And they're like, well, wait a second. I can get a cheaper place. I could do my own thing. I could go off strip and, and they're, they're crushing it. Yeah. They're doing so well because so many people are going to Vegas. They don't, you know, they, they just happen to not be able to make a reservation three months in advance. And so they can't totally. the place on the strip. And so they look off strip and there are some awesome restaurants there, but it's, it's I, I can't go to Vegas without going to Lotus of Siam. Like, off the strip, uh, oh, that place is like love Dude, it. And, and there's so many of these little pockets like that. And again, yeah. it's just about you gotta know. And the thing I like, I, I really like about Aiden is that you feel like an insider wherever you go. Mm-hmm. And and you get to follow and you get to learn about what you're craving at that moment. Because a lot of times, like you know, I'll go to a really, really good restaurant and I'll get the worst thing, right? That's the worst when so <laughs> when someone hits you. Oh, oh, you went there? Did you get the? And you're like, oh, I didn't order that. I didn't right? And it's the like, worst. look, I'm not a fish person. So someone will take me. Someone will offer a restaurant and be like, Hey, I, I want like, uh, you need to get this fish dish. And I'm like, my server will recommend something. I'm like, what? anyway. So, but speaking of reviews, one thing that was interesting is your site. You do on your app. You do. Um, uh, recommendations, not reviews. And so there's no negative reviews on your platform. Um, I, and I think what, I guess why, and why do you think people even leave negative reviews? Well, I mean, for starters, my mom said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. So that was kind of the, the approach we took when we started building the app. 
I think um, it's easy to slip down that path of negativity. And I think, you know, when you're on Yelp and you start going through the one-star reviews, it starts skewing your decision-making, but you don't even know where that negative review is coming from. So when we started Aid It, it was really about going through the lists of the places that are talking about the best and for us, it's like, it's, it's not about a review. It's a, it's a binary system. It's, would you go back and eat it or would you not? Like, it's that simple. And if we can simplify things for people, they can get to the best food faster. I think the review era is coming to an end. Uh, there's five stars and 10 stars in the 30 point scale. It's, it's kind of just ridiculous at this point. Like what is someone's 8.9 mean versus someone else's 7.3? Like it's all yeah. completely yeah. subjective. So at the end of the day, we wanted to, I think one of the things we take a lot of pride in at aid it is simplifying complex things and making it easier for people to be more frictionless when they're getting to the best food. So that was a decision we made from the, from the jump. It's like, let's just take the best shit and leave all the, cut all the fat. Yeah. I think that makes total sense. And when you look at a negative review, really what people are doing is they want to feel heard. They want to yeah. feel like they feel like they've been fleeced in some sort of way. I paid for a candy bar and I got a half a candy bar. Uh, and they want, they want to feel heard. They want people to know. And so, you know, I, I feel like there's a lot of opportunity uh, to communicate with your guests. And I think that 100%. that's- 100%. That, I mean, that's what you guys do so well. Like, I love your product because it's not a public bashing of the restaurant. The feedback goes directly to the restaurant, right? Am I right? Am I saying this right? No, totally, totally. Cool, yeah. Like, it's, when I dug into what Ovation is, I'm like, oh, I, I, I fuck with this. I don't know if I can say that word on here, but like, <laughs> I really, I really, uh, I, I really appreciate that that tactic because it helps the restaurant get better, uh, gives them constructive feedback, but doesn't necessarily, you know, slam them in front of everyone and effectively hurt their, hurt their prospective clients from coming there again. And what's so interesting is when you look at negative feedback, that's public and private public feedback will, it skews more negative than private feedback. And the reason is because when people are, are posting publicly, they're so mad that there's not a channel to be heard. And they want to just like, they want to like dig something in to get someone's attention. Whereas with private feedback, they're okay just being like, hey, Steve, just thought I'd let you know, man, everything was great. But like, I ordered five dumplings and you only sent me four. That's like, that's not cool. You know, yeah. And, yeah. and they're willing to have a dialogue. Now, we, but all of that dialogue goes at the end of the day, it goes to the guest experience. And what do you feel, Steve, is the most important aspect of, of guest experience nowadays? Yeah. I mean, with that question, I go back to our strategy that we started four years ago. It's about the food. Everything we do is about the food. And I believe the the most important part of the customer experience is the food. It always has been, always will be. Um, there are people that would say, you know, maybe it's the vibe, but I would ask them, how does a vibe taste? You can't taste the vibe. Hey, so like I've been to some places that have very cool vibe and very bad food. They're not in business. Exactly. And there's nothing worse than having, I call it a wasted full. When you leave a place and you're like, my stomach's full, but I didn't actually enjoy what I ate. Like 
I, I don't think there's any worse feeling. Um, wasted full. I like that. Yeah. It just, it, it's, it's one of the things that really drives what we do and we appreciate and want to support and spotlight the places that put food first and want to make that an amazing experience. Cause there are places like in New York where you go in and they're just like angry and they yell at you, but the <laughs> noodles are fire. Like you can't, you can't deny how good those noodles are. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of one of those things like, yeah, sure. Like Karen from Ohio might come to that place and be like, oh, they were so mean to me and the door was open and blah, 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 blah. And I was cold the whole time. Like, no, nah, it's about the noodles. Yeah. And especially nowadays when the method of consumption, the location of consumption is so varied, it's like, yeah, it's got to be about the food. It's got to be about that, that consistency and, and, then how and where and what they order should be, they shouldn't notice it. Right. And that's the right. problem is the problem is if you notice something, it's distracting from what really matters, which is they're there to consume or right. Totally. Totally. So with that in mind, what, what are some successful tactics that you've seen or tried lately? Um, For us, I, I guess through the lens of like, of us marketing ourselves, I think consistency with content. And I think a lot of these tactics that we've used to, to promote aid it and get people to know about aid it also apply to how restaurants should show up is consistency with content. Um, obviously that we're all kind of like handcuffed to the algorithm in some kind of way for getting the word out about our brands. And I think the more consistent you are, the the more the algorithm really pushes your stuff. So, you know, we've gone uh, viral a couple of times on TikTok and that all came from like a new year's resolution of being, of putting out a video a day on that platform. And it took three and a half months for us to go viral. So that's like 90 days of straight a video a day, which is a lot, but yeah. it pays off when you're consistent. And you're also consistent about the messaging that you're putting out there, because I think so many consumers are bombarded with so many different things and attention is just the hardest thing to grab these days. So yeah. don't be shy to say the same thing over and over. Is See, and I, I love that because at the end of the day, you, you break down the word algorithm, right? It's mm -hmm. got two parts to it. Rhythm, which is you got to have that consistency and yep. Al Gore, you got to have the internet. Right. That's what it's about. It's about algorithm. Algorithm. <laughs> I need I need to see like a, a gif of Al Gore dancing. Yeah, exactly. Algorithm. But, but it really is. It's about that rhythm. It's about that consistency. I think that's a great point. Uh, whether you're building because because brand building for an app, for a tech company, for a restaurant, it's the same. Yeah. Right. It's, it's about that consistency putting it out there. Love that. All right. <laughs> Steve. Who deserves an ovation in the restaurant industry? I mean, for that question, I gotta, I gotta hand it to Rashida Purdy. Um, she is really revolutionizing the pop-up game. She is an amazing black chef from Harlem who's obsessed with ramen. And she just recently opened a ramen pop-up here in the Lower East Side that's doing ramen for brunch. And I think what she's doing is really interesting. She's got a bacon, egg, and cheese ramen. She's like got a mimosa ramen. Nah, nah, nah. It's not like boozy brunch vibes. It's like Zen. I'm like, I'm going to heal you from the weekend vibes. Oh, and it. yeah, it's like you walk in and you know, she's got the vibe, right. But the food comes first 
and she's got sage burning. She's got dope jazz music playing. It's a very relaxing energy. And like I said, she's got um, bacon, egg, and cheese ramen. She's got uh, BLT ramen. She has an everything egg drop ramen and a steak and eggs ramen and a, and a gravlax ramen. And it's it's very 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 well done. It's it's not like you know the bacon, egg, and cheese ramen isn't like melted cheese and like for the gram food it's very 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 well done with a high touch um quality to it so she's 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 bodying it right now and if you're in new york you gotta go it's only on the weekends on saturdays and sundays and you have to reserve a week in advance no way and what's it called again so the brunch is called rise and dine and it's by uh ramen by Ra is her instagram handle okay we're gonna check that out now most importantly, Steve, how do people find and follow you and ate it? Well, number one, you can go to the app store, whether you're on iOS or Android, uh, search ate it, the number AIT, just like my microphone says. And uh, we're still technically in beta, so it's password protected, but we created a special password for all your listeners. So if they put in ovation, they'll get into ate it. And hopefully you're in New York City. We're starting to expand to certain markets. We have some national categories. More recently, we just uh, launched a holiday gift guide category. So we scrubbed every holiday gift list from Eater, Infatuation, Bon Appetit. We also made some suggestions from our own team. Um, and it connects you to any dope gift that you'd want to give someone that loves food this holiday season. So uh, that's all in the app and that's available to everyone, no matter if you're in New York City or Oklahoma. Awesome. Well, Steve, for helping us find the best place to eat in New York City and soon in cities around the world, today's ovation goes to you. Thank you so much for joining us on Give an Ovation and Sharon Ate It with us. Thank you for having me, bro. Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.